Hi, this is Pam Todd from Chicago Living Corridors. You're listening to 1590 WCGO Chicago's Smart Talk. The Mike Novak Show starts in 3, 2, 1. To, to the German people, who is Father Christmas? Father Christmas is a vagabond. <laughs> bent by age, bereft of companionship. His only friend, a pine stick severed from its roots, slowly desiccating, forever a burden, like children. Live from a cul-de-sac somewhere in Evanston, Illinois, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. 20 years and counting as Chicago's go-to deep green gardening and environment program. Heard every Sunday morning on Chicago's Smart Talk. Good planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. And true currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine. Well, good planets are hard to Your questions, comments, and participation are always welcome at 847-475-1590, on Facebook and Instagram at The Mike Novak Show, and at Mike Now on Twitter. And here they are, she's lean and he's green, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. What did he mean by that? Hey, welcome. Good morning. You have a green sweater on. No, it's not. This is brown. It's kind of, there might be a little green, a little bit of green in it. Well, I was going along with that beginning there. Who cares? It's just, He's it's, khaki. It's just, it's just, it all it is is PR. It's just PR okay. at the top of the show. It's like, hey, you know, my favorite are the, are those the uh, the radio shows out there, and you've heard them, and everybody listening has heard them, and and the intro always goes, "We're the only people in the whole world who speak the truth," and I just. I just want to, you know, put my fist through the radio. <laughs> you know, and I don't care if you're the left or the right, and you say, we're the only people in the world who know what's going on, and we're the only people who speak the truth. It's like, oh, shut up. <laughs> just shut no, up. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're just another guy or gal on the radio, and you're just, you know, trying. You're like us. You're just trying to make a living at this. You're just... Out there scrambling, trying to be heard above the din of what radio and television and and inner tubes and Facebook and Twitter and, and, and yeah, Tweety Deedy and just Instagram oh, and, oh, and Lordy, and, there's and, just and, way too much Snapchat. Is this still a thing? Oh yeah, really? It's gotten bigger. It's Randall, huge. Snap Snapchat's huge. Yeah, Snapchat is a huge three, thing. Three years ago, I think it was three years ago, uh, Kathleen's nephew says, hey, you got to get on Snapchat. It's Christmas. We're at, we're at the, the house celebrating Christmas. Got to get on Snapchat. I said, okay, show me how to get on Snapchat. I get on Snapchat. I was on Snapchat for like a year and had one snapchat thing come to me one in a in a year i said done delete and goodbye see ya wouldn't want to be a 
I tried for a little while too. It didn't work exactly mm-hmm. work for me either. So. so actually, the only time Snapchat has come in handy is a couple of events for the vendors. They set up a Snapchat Snapchat account and they can send out parking or this or this or this. Hey, look who's who's uh, watching us, Doug Taron. Hey, Doug. Hey, Doug from uh, he's the uh, the butterfly guy from Peggy Notabart Nature Museum. And and we might as well give Bruce a ding too because he's watching. Hey, Bruce. Bruce is an old buddy of mine, too, and I know that, unfortunately, he has a subscription to Chicago Land Gardening Magazine, so he's got to read my column. I'm so sorry, Bruce. I really am. Uh, but Doug, hey, you know, Doug, what we should do with Doug is, now that he's watching, is get him on the show to talk about bird count at Christmas. And uh, they have a, isn't there usually a, a Christmas bird mm-hmm. count? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but except he's an entomologist. So what what we mean is you 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 line up one of your buddies to get a bird count uh, report for us. Okay, so there you go. So you don't have to come in because you're not. There's no butterflies flying around out here right now. That's by. Part of the drill in Illinois when it's 25 degrees, uh-huh. and it was 25 yesterday when we were out at the, the Frozen Robins. We're frozen. We're frozen yesterday, but we had a great time. We were at Chicago Premium Outlets in Aurora. We've been all over the place. We were at Macy's on Friday. We're going to be at Illumination at the, the Morton Arboretum uh, next weekend, next weekend. Um, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So get your tickets now if you want to hear the Frozen Robins sing at Illumination at the Morton Arboretum. Uh, and uh, we need to talk about today's show because we're going to break in a second here. Uh, and that is, uh, it's the holidays. It's the holiday season. And uh, Doris Taylor from the Morton Arboretum, speaking of the Morton Arboretum, is on the show with us this morning. We've been talking for several weeks about the weirdness mm-hmm. of our weather and the trees holding onto their leaves and everything. Well, we finally got somebody who's going to say, here's what I know about it. And tree gal. Uh, Doris Taylor from the Morton Arboretum will be here in just a second. We'll also talk about Christmas trees, what to put in them, what not to put Mm -hmm. in them. And that also leads into the second hour when we have Kate Green from uh, Lurvie Landscape Supply and Garden Center uh, in Des Plaines. Lurvie is a great friend of the show. Uh, We're just dinging like crazy here. And uh, she's going to talk about all kinds of holiday plants. So if you got your questions, yes. And there's going to be a Rick DeMaio sighting. Oh, my gosh, that's right. Speaking of ding. We think Rick is coming in the studio a little earlier. Talk climate change, talk fires in California, talk snow in the south. Yikes. All right, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. A lot going on. We hope you stick around for all of it. It might be winter, but you can still visit farmer's markets hosted by many different Chicagoland houses of worship on select Saturdays and Sundays from now through April. Your purchase of local, sustainably produced food helps support regional farmers. The markets are organized by Faith in Place, a nonprofit which inspires people of diverse faiths to care for the earth through education, connection, and advocacy. For a market schedule and to learn more, go to faithinplace.org. A good day's gardening can sometimes be a bad day for your muscles and joints. Dr. Bonnie Flaster is a chiropractor who uses gentle, non-force adjustments to relieve pain. With 29 years of experience, she relies on a variety of treatments, including low-level laser, acupuncture, and gentle chiropractic. Visit her at River North Wellness Center and find health tips at rivernorthwellness.com. 
Call Dr. Bonnie Flaster at 312-642-7545 and get back to feeling good. Hey, this is Peggy. When I speak at local events, people often ask me, aren't you the Peggy in Natural Awakenings ads? And that makes me happy because it reminds me that Chicagoans want to lead healthier lives. And Natural Awakenings magazine helps them do just that. Natural Awakenings is the greenest, healthiest magazine in the Chicago area. Each month, we bring you the latest information about health and wellness, complementary medicine, fitness and exercise, raising healthy kids, and even keeping your pets healthy. You'll find articles about healthy homes, too, including gardening, energy efficiency, and green living. And if you love good food, you'll always find tasty recipes and healthy cooking hints. Check out our monthly calendar. It's full of events to keep you connected. Natural Awakenings is available in more than 1,100 locations throughout the city, as well as suburban Cook, Lake, and McHenry counties. And it's free. Or visit us at nachicago.com. Natural Awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. This is your talk. You want to just put in hashtag in any of your social media, hashtag 1590WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Hello there. Here's an early Christmas gift for you from wonderful Ivory Snow. You can get these two snowball Christmas tree ornaments without paying a penny for them. That's right, a gift from Ivory Snow. Aren't they great? Lightweight, unbreakable, made of sparkling white plastic foam with red and blue trimmings. Sparkling uh, white plastic foam. up your foam. tree for many a Christmas to come. Ooh. And you know, they're yours for free. Now here's what you do. Really? Buy from your dealer okay. the special Ivory Snow boxes. Gotta be the I will. Special the free one. offer explained here uh-huh. and this certificate box top. Oh. Then send in one box top from Just a special one? giant size box or two box two tops from, from the special regular size from box. From the tiny ah. ones. And you'll receive these bright and cheerful ornaments in plenty of time for Christmas. They're wow. cheap. The supply of these special Ivory Snow boxes is limited, though, so don't delay. The address is right on the box tops. Mail yours now. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Yeah, you, you, you can't believe, by the way, this is Tom Waits, and uh, it's, it's my, my favorite version of Silent Night. Ever. Uh, and that ivory commercial, oh my goodness. <laughs> those ornaments were a couple of little styrofoam balls where you stuck the, uh, like, they're almost like sequins for mm-hmm. eyes. I mean, this is a kind of, it's a kind of a craft thing you would do nowadays with a kid mm-hmm. and, and put that together in about 30 seconds. And they were, <laughs> they were giving that away. Send away like, for them back oh then. Oh my wow. goodness. It was just. Hilarious! Oh my goodness, that's that's just too funny. Uh, and I got to give credit to Peggy for that. Give her a ding because uh, she came up with that. She found I, I got you dis- found some. I of got these. distracted yesterday and started looking for old commercials, vintage <laughs> commercials. Because we've been playing them on the show, and uh, there's more. There's more where that came from. All right, let's go to the phone right now to the Morton Arb. Well, actually, not we're not going to the Morton Arboretum, but somebody who works at the Morton Arboretum, and that's Doris Taylor. Doris, good morning. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Peggy. Good morning. And uh, Doris is the uh, plant clinic. What is it, manager? Manager. Or- yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, Chief, yeah, the Morton Arboretum. So. Chief, Chief Poobah at the plant clinic. The plant lady. The plant lady. You know, okay, I was thinking about this the other day, Doris, when I decided to have you on the show. Uh, we have been, I've been talking to you on the radio now for 20 years. Do you, oh, my. I know. <laughs> really? That's really scary, okay? That yeah. is just really, really scary. It's been fun. <laughs> it has been. It's always fun. But you've, you've always been generous with your time, and you're fun to talk to. You know a ton of stuff. What's, uh, what is your background in horticulture? You know what? It's, um, I've worked at the Morton Arboretum for 36 years. Wow. And that's really where most of my training, um, I do have a horticulture degree, but mm-hmm. it's um, from College of DuPage way back. Wow. Way back. <laughs> wow, that's um, interesting, and I yeah. I just never left. I worked on the ground 15 years, and then I um, switched over into managing the plant clinic. And you live in the area. Because I've I've yes. I've been to your place and you got like this beautiful backyard that goes oh. into the woods and stuff and it's too shady to grow anything properly. Exactly. But <laughs> <laughs> although I lost my ash tree, so I have a little bit more sun. Ah, see, this so. is this is uh, this is happening to a lot of people. You're you're not yeah. the only one. So we've had a good year talking to folks from uh, the arboretum about various things because. Uh, uh, and know, and, and I don't have it all in front of me, but there's various yeah. initiatives that the uh, Arboretum has been doing. And it's, uh, you know, we, we talked about tree extinction earlier in the year, yeah. talking about ash trees, but, right. also, but also oaks. Uh, and I'm not saying oaks are going extinct, um, not, in the way no. that it, not in the way that ash trees are. But there are certain species of oak, yeah. oak trees yeah. that are in danger that, uh, that uh, we have to be careful and uh, pay attention to. And, you know, and, and people are afraid to plant them because they don't think they grow fast enough. And actually, when they're small, they grow a lot faster than what you think. Well, you know, talk, you know, that really sets Connor Shaw off from Possibility Place. Mm-hmm. If, oh, yeah. If you tell him that oaks are slow growers, his head explodes. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah I, I, I tend to agree. I mean, it's like we might not be hanging a swing from a big limb, um, in our lifetime, but uh, they they will get twenty thirty feet in yeah. you know, like twenty years. I'm 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 amazed, and I so I'm I'm on his team, and I spread the gospel of no oaks actually grow plenty fast. Mm-hmm. Don't don't buy that myth because then you get these people out. They want to grow the what are, what grows really fast, and they ask you that all the time, don't they, Doris? Oh, they do. They want to because they've lost a tree. They you know now have sunlight, or maybe it's you know. Um, streaming into their windows, and they need to block it. But, um, there, you know, there's fast-growing trees, but, boy, we're really big on diversity right now um, just because everyone's done that monoculture. We went through the, you know, Dutch elm disease phase with elms, and, you know, now we're, you know, kind of seeing neighborhoods, you know, everyone replaced elms with ash. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> yeah, good, good job there. What maple can I plant? And boy, yeah. we're just trying to, you know, you need to shake it up. If your neighbor has a maple, put something else in. Ah, oh, Bala Chaudhry just joined us. Hi, Bala. Uh, and uh, so we we got uh, Doris. Just don't don't yep. get, don't get, get scared. There's movers and shakers <laughs> watching us. Sue Margraf on, watching on us. Facebook Audrey right Fisher's now. Watching okay, us. so there's a bunch of people out there. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, good. and. Um, uh, so, the, you know, the tree I worry about before we move on to what we're actually going to talk about is uh, honey locust. 
We've planted so mm-hmm. many darned mm-hmm. honey locusts mm-hmm. that all it takes is that for that disease, whatever, or that insect, it's going to show up, and suddenly yep. all the honey locusts are going to be gone, and then we're really in trouble because they're everywhere. So. Yep. Especially it's become in a monoculture. Yeah. You know, yeah. So as tree as tree because it was fast growing, oh, filtered shade. Yeah. So we're going to say something that we say all the time, and it and I hate to bore people with this, but it's a great saying, which is if you're trying to figure out what tree to plant in your yard, look at your neighbor's yard, see what they have, and plant something different, uh, and make sure it's a native. And that's it. Those are the rules right there. Good Basically. for you. <laughs> well, he gets the ding. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if, uh, if, if folks go to uh, my website, MikeNovak.net, and you'll see a photo there that I took uh, this fall, and it's, and it's weird. It's, it's a, a leaf drop from uh, a tree. I don't even know what the species is because I, I, it looks like I think it might actually be one of those um, – uh, calorie pairs. I'm not sure. Uh, oh, but it, okay. But, but it's, okay. I know, but it's in my neighborhood <laughs> where, oh my gosh, Logan Square has so many calorie pairs. Um, and in the spring, people go, oh, look at all the white blooms. And then, you know, the yep. rest, the rest yep. of the year. Uh, you yeah. know, it was a great four-season tree. Unfortunately, it's pretty invasive. Yeah, know? that's what we found out. It's and an invasive. It's more not... <laughs> in where there's a woodland or open fields. You know, maybe not so much in your neighborhood. Yeah. Um, but which is why, you know, they became a popular street tree in the city. Well, they, they're not in my neighborhood because they, they'll mow the lawn from time to time and that'll take out the uh, seedlings. Right. Uh, but, you know, highways. I've seen I went to uh-huh. a con- I went to a conference about na- uh, about invasives and natives and the invasive was a calorie pair. And they showed highways, freeways, interstates in Ohio where they have taken over. Uh, all that land in between the highways, uh, be- yep. they just pop up everywhere. So they're really, yep. really invasive. Hmm. But I, but the point is, I took this photo, and we had the first snowfall, and the snow fell on the ground, and then the, but the leaves were still on the tree, and trees, and then the leaves fell off the trees on top of the snow, and it's not something you see very often. It's a very odd sight, uh, but. Even after that, trees continue to hold on to their leaves. We've had more instances where you, you have these leaf drops, and sometimes the leaves haven't turned color. They're not yellow. They're not brown. Mm-hmm. They're, they're green or greenish still, and they just they refuse to fall off the tree, and um, it's, a, it's a weird phenomenon. And you talked about it. You got interviewed for the Daily Herald about this and okay. I and I saw the article and we've been talking about it on the show so I thought okay let's let's talk to Doris yeah. and see what she's learned about this and and what are you hearing and what are you seeing and what are you telling people you know all fall we just kept getting um call after call like my leaves are still on they haven't mm-hmm. dropped and then then of course people are all concerned because they're you know villages picking up leaves or they're you know the deadline is looming and their tree is still full of leaves um most of them had not changed. Fortunately, with all the frost and the snow we've gotten, a lot of things have dropped by now, but it's probably after their, you know, last pickup dates mm-hmm. by all means. But um, I, I just say the weather's been really wacky this year. Um, in the spring when we have all that rain, usually a lot of buds, you know, will open. We get a lot of leaf growth, 
and um, you know, compared to when it's a drier spring, you know, where it might be sparser. Can, can I, can, yeah, can I stop you there? So do sure. they do they produce more leaf buds in the spring if it's wetter? Um, you know what? If your trees have already set their leaf. Yeah, buds that's what I thought for next okay. year. But they go through two or three flushes, so hmm. you can keep getting ah. some new growth to come out. And you probably see this more with oaks. Like in, maples are so early in the spring that it's just all of a sudden you've just got a big canopy of leaves. Um, oaks tend to be a little smaller, but you know, or slower. But yeah, there's two or three flushes that happen, but they're not, you know, big like the first flush for the year. Okay. So, so um, and and we just had and look at the size of some of the leaves that came out this year. There was just enough water to, you know, keep producing. You know, a normal three inch leaf might, you know, people were bringing in five inches yeah. on mm. on red buds. You know, or um, you know, an elm probably not quite so much on elm, but um, yeah. So, so we had a lot of leaves. Then we went, you know, into a drought. Period, or a, I'm going to say dry, and this might be a question more for Rick, because <laughs> um, I don't think we ever officially said we were in a drought, but extremely dry period in August, September. So that slowed down growth. Then we picked up again with some rainfall in October. So plants didn't shut down. The chlorophyll kept coming. You know, your leaves just stayed green. Mm-hmm. Then I believe it was mid-October, we had a heavy frost, like 18 degrees. So yeah. some of those leaves never got a chance to change color. So, yeah. so okay, now uh, there's there's several, yes. Go ahead. Oh, okay. My question is, I would think if we went through a period of drought, uh, and we did go through a very, very mm-hmm. dry period uh-huh. for a couple of months, that that, and, and I'm just being kind of an idiot here, uh, just asking the question, wouldn't that make the trees more likely to drop their leaves, that they've lost the energy and they can't hang on to them, but instead they, they, those leaves hung on to those trees? Um, well, a lot of leaves did drop, especially the drought-sensitive trees like your birches. River birch got, has the name, has river in, the, in its name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so, yes, there was a lot of leaf drop occurring August um, into September, but then because the rain started coming back, you were getting, um, you know, just it was the leaves that were remaining hung mm-hmm. on. They just started to keep growing, keep manufacturing the food that they needed, and um, so it know, was didn't cert- really go through their normal like fall cycle when we were started. So, so the, the mistake I'm making is assuming that all trees behave the same way, which is a dumb thing to assume anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it it depends on what your species was. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So yes. so you're saying that. We had all this moisture, and they produce more leaves. Then we go through this drought, but it's still warm. And then we had this very warm September, and then we started to get a little more rain. And even be- and so, by the time the cold hit, um, the they were still producing chlorophyll. They and- were because we'd go one day would be really you know we'd be you know in the sixties, then we'd go down to the forties. You know, I mean, it just kept going up and down. But so- but, but it just was so odd because. To this day, there are still some of those mm-hmm. trees that have not dropped their leaves. Yeah, uh, Peggy. What I'm seeing is in in my backyard, I have a parodia, and it's a plant that's related to witch hazels, mm-hmm. and they naturally hang on to leaves longer, just like your red oaks and your bur yeah. oaks will. And that's that, um, um, like Andrew Hip, our um, senior scientist, you know, did that about the marcescent leaves, um, but. 
most deciduous leaves, you know, like maples and your birches and your elms, you know, they'll go through a process of eventually depleting their chlorophyll. And in the same time, that is like an obsession layer, an obsession zone. Mm-hmm. And how not, that not pedial abscession. Abscess- not abscession. Ob- not obsession like me. Abscession. Right. Okay. Abscession. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know that there's a zone layer that develops sort of a waxiness that eventually mm-hmm. makes that leaf fall off. Yeah. Well, I've got a question, Doris. We've noticed that a lot of the invasives still are green, like oh, buckthorn on my block, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they're still and, green. And honeysuckle and. And there, a lot of those are from China or places where they tolerate more cold. Mm-hmm. And so we really haven't gotten to that point that they need to drop their leaves yet um, because they're more cold tolerant. So those are usually the first ones that start up in the spring or even the ones and the last ones to lose their leaves in the, in the fall. Uh, so, same- yeah, that's not unusual to see a lot of the... the the invasives that are you know usually the raisin. So uh, and and same thing with uh, my cornus mass. It does that every year, right? It, I, it, I mean, it's a plant from China. Mm-hmm. It tolerates more, you know, cold. I believe that's like zone three. Yeah, it'll, you and, know, tolerate and, that cold. And shh, don't don't let people know I have a plant from China in my backyard. Okay, but, <laughs> but it's but, just but, visiting. But, but you know what? It came from the Morton Arboretum. Uh, just saying. Okay. Hey, listen, we'll get right back to Doris Taylor from the plant clinic at the Morton Arboretum. Uh, I have to ask you a question. If you ever wonder why some of your plants don't make it through the winter, it might have something to do with the way you season your soil with salt. A pinch here, a dash there, it all adds up to dead plants. So the November-December issue of Chicagoland Gardening Magazine has some advice on how to lick salt damage. See what I did there? Okay. Anyway, if that doesn't work, the story also lists some plants that can handle a little extra sodium in their diet. Speaking of high blood pressure, and you know where this is going, Peggy, check out my column on the inside back page of every issue, Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines. Go to chicagolandgardening.com or call 888-265-3600, 888-265-3600. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Ego Salon. They use only the safest, most natural, professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color, perms, and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non-toxic Magic Sleek and Cezanne Keratin Smoothing Products that let you shampoo the same day. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at organicrootsecosalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty. You no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. 
If you're looking to invest in an electrical car or truck, make sure to hire a state-licensed electrical contract. The installation of that charger will require a permit in most municipalities. So make sure to check the ICC website for a certified contractor at icc.illinois.gov. You can also call DNR Services Unlimited. They've been a licensed electrical contractor since 1992. Visit their website at RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. It'll be easy to find someone cheaper, but a lot harder to find someone better. It's time for Food Drive 2.0. The most popular form of giving in the U.S. is getting a makeover. And the Give Healthy Movement and Amp Your Good are leading the way. It's now possible to donate fresh fruits and vegetables and other healthy foods to those facing hunger in our communities. Here's how it works. You visit the website of your food drive, pick out the healthy items you want to donate, and they do the rest. You get a tax receipt, folks get healthy food. Go to ampyourgood.org or givehealthy.org for details. Okay, sing it right. All together now. Love it. <laughs> Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We're going to give away some stuff right now. We're going to give away a gift certificate. What is it, 25 bucks? Uh, $40. $40? Oh, holy smoke. $40 gift certificate to Natural Communities Native Plants. And we're going to spare Randall here, I think. We're going to try to do that. We're going to spare him. At least this hour. At least this hour. We'll give away more next hour. Uh, here's the way it works. It's social media time all the way. You have to, uh, we're going to, one of two ways that you can win this. A new like on Twitter, not a new like, a new follow on Twitter. And to follow me, you got to go to at Mike now, which means that if you don't have a Twitter account, well, maybe you need to create a Twitter account. Maybe they have to follow two accounts. They may have to follow NA Chicago too. And NA Chicago. And it's NA at NA Chicago. Mm -hmm. Uh, at Mike Now, M I K E N O W, or at N A Chicago. Uh, if you follow both of those, you get your forty dollar gift certificate on Twitter. Or, like last week, the fifth like, new like, new like on Facebook. And that's not a like of our post; it's a like of the page. That's right. Yeah, don't like the post. That's not well, going to yeah, help. Yeah, you can like the post, but you're not going to. But win. you got to like the page. Go to. The Mike Novak Show on Facebook. You got to like the page. And you can give it five stars if you want. You know, <laughs> well, maybe you'll toss in something else review. if we give okay. it a, if you give All it a right. five star review. Yeah. So we're, we're talking to, to uh, Doris Taylor, who's the manager of the plant clinic at the Morton Arboretum. Uh, have we have we finished? Do we know now why these uh, trees are holding out? Oh, here, let's the follow up question as to. Uh, the trees holding on to their leaves now. The other question that people ask is, does it hurt my tree? And your answer, Doris, is? No. It does not hurt your tree. Those leaves will fall off when next next year's leaves start to emerge. End of story, right? End of story. It's, you know, know, other than use those leaves that drop on the ground and mulch around the plants. I mean, if it's, you know, 
it's still not too late to get out and just kind of rake them up as mulch or put them in the compost bin. Great. Uh, and uh, let me ask you something real quick about uh, something I did. I did that uh, commercial for Chicagoland Gardening Magazine talking about salt. What are you telling people about salt? What do you ta- tell them about sodium and snow and, and protecting your plants over the winter? You know, first, shovel first. Don't just go out and start throwing down salt after salt after every snow. You know, if you can get out and get the layer off and just, you know, salt your driveway or your sidewalk, whatever you're doing, um, you know, without help, thinking that's going to help melt everything, because when you're shoveling and you're, where are you throwing it? It's usually right at that juniper, right outside <laughs> yes, the door, is. or uh, your plants that are along your sidewalk. So, yeah, the less you can do, the better. Use sand. Uh, sand is a. I'll tell you, one of the things, and people think uh, I'm crazy, is is just stay ahead of the game. You yep, know, exactly. If just if and you it's j- exercise. <laughs> <laughs> right, and if you if you just uh, get out there, shovel right away. Um, that takes care of it. But here's the problem. If folks want to do it preemptively. They don't want to have to actually shovel. They figure, I'll throw enough salt down that it'll melt as it hits the snow, uh, and then I don't have to shovel, and everything's good. But the problem is, as you've pointed out, uh, it, it then ends up in the garden beds. Uh, right. It's the, accumulative. And, mm-hmm. Right. And, and when the, and you get enough snow, it's, it's going to defeat that sn- salt anyway. And now here, what you've got is you've got a layer of snow and you've got a layer of salt under it. Sodium right. chloride. And, and people go for the cheap stuff. They go for the sodium yeah. chloride because mm-hmm. it's the cheapest, the right. rock, rock salt. And then right. they shovel that onto their plants and they wonder why they're dead in the spring. Well, surprise. Uh, and part of the problem also is, and the article in Chicagoland Gardening Magazine talks about it, is the spray, airborne salt, which comes mm-hmm. from the street, which is why parkways are so vulnerable. Because right. you, you can't control the salt on the street that the mm-hmm. city puts down. Yeah. And then it sprays onto your parkway. So I'm always looking for plants that are going to be able to survive that. Uh, and, and what do they call them? Hell strips is, yes. uh, in the south. I've never I, had you heard Chris Van Cleve was saying. Yesterday. Had you heard that phrase before, oh, Doris? No. Well, I have heard it, but I'm not really sure I understand it. Well, I think I understand it because it's <laughs> it's hell, <laughs> hell to try to grow plants in the, in, uh, out there between your sidewalk and the street. So, uh, yep. and, and there are salt tolerant plants out there. There just hasn't been enough study. And if you've got something that works for you, but just keep in mind, the less salt, the better. You well, know? yeah. Or flush it out in the spring. You want to just try to, you know, do a good good flush. Well, mm-hmm. now, how do you do that? Well, I'm watering, watering the soil, getting it to, um, you know, leach away. Um, unfortunately, some of it's going to leach down into the soil, but um, mm-hmm. you want to try to get it away from the root zone. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or, or maybe there's a spot that you can kind of shovel you know, an open area that you can shovel away from your plants and use that, like just transport, you know, the piles that you're shoveling, you know, more work, but <laughs> try to get a designated area. Yeah, just get it away from the places where you're growing the stuff you right. like. So, all right, uh, what else are you uh, talking to? So we've only got a f- few minutes here. Okay. And by the way, and folks, uh, go and like uh, follow the show on Twitter, and you might win yourself a $40 gift certificate to Natural Communities Native Plants, right. or the fifth like of the Mike Novak Show on Facebook will we'll win that. We're giving that away right now. So what else are you talking to people? Because uh, it's winter, and uh, you're trying to keep your plants alive outdoors. 
Um, we're telling people to stop planting, stop fertilizing now. Um, the soil temperatures are um, hovering around 30, I believe, um, about four inches down. So you're not going to get root growth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and unfortunately, there's still some nursery stalling things that um, uh, you want to get in the ground. And if you do put them in there, just realize you're, you're not going to get any root growth. But so if you can water it in to make soil contact, that's great. And But definitely put a layer of mulch down, Yeah. Um, you know, just to protect for winter. Um, now's a good time for winter mulching. I, you know, I think I was telling Mike earlier that, you know, I have... Endless summers that never bloom, so because they flower on old wood. Uh, have, have you? Okay, I got to ask you about that because you wrote that. I call them endless bummer. And uh, I call them, yeah. And you call them you, <laughs> endless disappointment. Endless yes. disappointment. But there are people who get them to bloom. But you've you've had issues exactly. with it. And it, a lot of it has to do with our air temperature, our winter temperatures, because those flower buds are only hardy to around ten degrees. Mm-hmm. We go down to minus twenty a lot. Mm-hmm. And leaf buds are fine. The, the plant looks great, but it's just I get two or three flowers. So <laughs> I've started caging them, and now is the time of year that I'm filling that cage with my ground-up leaves. Okay. Just as a little extra insulation for, you know, to protect them for the winter. Last year, will you, go ahead, uh, Maggie, I'm going to let you ask. So going back to, you know, it's too late to plant, what if you have some shrubs or some perennials that you just didn't get in the ground? What's the best way to overwinter those? Um, I would suggest putting them in an unheated garage um, or a basement. Mm-hmm. If that's not possible, um, consider putting all those plants together, maybe under a sheltered area, such as underneath a spruce tree or something, and then putting just piling leaves on top of that, you know, just to add that extra insulation. Um, the problem with just leaving a container on your patio, um, it's going to freeze solid, but and then you're going to have root freeze-dried roots also, mm-hmm. which are, you know, eventually going to damage the but, plant. But it's going to freeze solid anyway, even if you put it in a pile of mulch, isn't it? Um, you know what? You're going to get, it's going to generate more heat if there's other plants and that you have it a little bit more protected. Yeah. Because you know, so. I, I've been down this road before. In fact, yep. I'm, I'm, I'm going down it right now. I'm thinking of all the plants that are sitting in the yard that never got in the ground right now. And what procrastinating, I'm, <laughs> I know, and that was actually pretty good. I got a lot of them in. I didn't get them all in. Uh, the other thing I was thinking is, um, while the ground is still not frozen solid, I don't. It might be now already, but um, you know, digging that big hole and putting the plants in it still in their pots. And yeah, just, that, I, great. That's great. Good. <laughs> and and um, if you can get the hole dug, which I mean, I don't think our um, you know, it's frozen mo- any more than four inches deep. I, you can, once you get through that layer, mm-hmm. I think you'd be able to plant. But, um, you know, put them in the pot because then next spring you can lift them and put them where they're supposed to be. Uh, we got a question on uh, Facebook from our friend Sandra Henry. Hi, Sandra. She says, do we like uh, basswoods or American lindens for this area? What do you, what do you tell people? Yes. I mean, they, they grow fine in this area. There are, you know, like any other plant, mm-hmm. um, they want well-drained soils. They um, full sun, you know. So I mean, there's you know potential for cankers and verticillium. If they don't like where they're growing, that's when they start you know getting problems. But no, it's a good street tree. What's your plant? Uh, your, you know your your flavor of the month. You you really have been sort of nudging people to to plant because it's not planted enough. Besides oaks. oaks. Besides oaks. I would say oaks. 
and mm-hmm. um, like chinkapin, um, you know, something a little different, or if a damp area, swamp white oak. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I lean more towards the oaks, like if that's what you don't have. There's a few non-natives I really like, but <laughs> um. <laughs> it's okay. It's you know what we are not. We we are all opportunity here as long as it's in moderation. It's like if you right. want one non-native, put one non-native yeah. uh, species in your yard, and then go back to natives. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, and some of the uh, uh, yeah, like Katsura would be one of uh-huh. my favorites. A lot of people like Katsura. I'll tell you, yeah. I love my cornice mass. Okay. What a what an elegant tree, okay? That is just a beautiful, beautiful tree. Um, and it has exfoliating bark, and it has red berries. And What's, what's uh, its common name? Yellow flowers, name? little uh, Cornelian cherry dogwood. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, and it's not native, yeah. I, I admit it. Uh, no. and, and, and the, you know, and if anything, we kind of lean people more towards some of the smaller ornamentals. Um, unless if they really are looking for a big shade tree. Uh, well, that's Doris Taylor. Uh, thank you so much. Always a pleasure talking thank to you. you. I'll talk to you in another 20 years, Doris. <laughs> okay. Or next year. Or, It'll be before then. Yeah, it, <laughs> thank it, you, it will be. And Have if, a happy holiday. Happy holiday. You too. I want to just, if people want to come into the plant clinic, when can they do that? Um, you know what? We're, you know, open every day of the year. I should just about, but they can email us. They can call us. Our hours kind of vary by the season because we're in our winter season. Okay. MortonArboretum.org for more. Doris, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Here's the bad news. One out of every six Americans doesn't know where their next meal will come from. What's the good news? You can help. This year, instead of decorating your holiday table with flowers, use an arrangement of fresh, uncut fruits and veggies, which can be donated to a local food pantry. Share a photo of your centerpiece with the hashtag AmpleCenterpiece, and you could win a $50 gift certificate to Gardner Supply Company. Go to ampleharvest.org holiday to learn more. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at MikeNow. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, mike at mikenovak.net. Speaking of the website, podcasts and blog posts are available every week at mikenovak.net. And while you're there, sign up for those posts and our newsletter on the homepage. And please, support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at mikenovak.net. Chicagoans use your blue carts to recycle. Bottles, flattened boxes, jugs with the lids on, tin and aluminum cans, juice cartons, and mail. No plastic bags, including store bags, no greasy pizza boxes, styrofoam, disposable coffee cups, light bulbs, napkins, electronics, or shredded paper. Put your items loose in the blue cart and not in a plastic bag. Visit RecycleByCity.com Chicago and let's make Chicago beautiful and green. Being a meteorologist, you see things daily that can be related or not related to climate change. And then you separate that from the climate science and the social policies. So it's almost like teaching three classes. The meteorology, which is short-term, the climate, which is long-term, and then the policy, which is government, whether or not it's federal, state, or local. I'm meteorologist Rick DeMaio. Stick around for some more insight into weather and climate on WCGO 1590, Chicago's Smart Talk. The weather outside is frightful. 
but the fire is so delightful. And since we've no place to go, make it so, make it so, make it so. Man, it doesn't show signs of stopping. And I brought me some tea, gray hot. The lights ah. turned way down low. Make it so, make it so, make it so. <laughs> when we finally kiss, good night. How I hate going out in the storm. But if you really shut, shut up, up, Wesley. Wesley. <laughs> All the way home, I'll be warm. Oh, the fire is slowly dying. And I. We're still goodbye, then. But as long as you love me so, make it so. Make it so. Make it so. <laughs> oh, I had to play that. It's got to play that once a season. Mm-hmm. My, it's like uh, Randall appreciates that. It's it's a classic, isn't it, Randall? That had. That had to be the nerdiest thing I've ever heard in my life, but it was awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> and you have to see the video yeah. with it, too. And for those of you who had no idea what I just played, that is from Star Trek The Next Generation, which you probably figured out. But some, as you say, some nerd got a hold of all these clips and, and put clipped individual words and phrases <laughs> to let it snow and put it into mm-hmm. a video that's exactly 60 seconds long and... Uh, you can find it if you just uh, Google "make it so," and it all comes up there, and you'll see a Picard in a jingle hat, and you can just click on it. It's just it's just a stitch. It's, and, and you have to see his facial expressions in some of them. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. And the best part of the whole thing is shut up, Wesley. <laughs> uh, so, for uh, those of you who were never fans of the Next Generation, you're not going to appreciate it. And I'm. I just feel sorry for you. Okay, I just feel sorry for you. Uh, Rick Corbeil. Gosh, it's like my it's like a high school reunion here. Okay. Wow. Um, he just joined us on Facebook. Anyway, uh, hey, folks. What do you want to talk about there, Peggy? We, uh, we've had a busy, a busy week. Oh, my goodness. Beyond Lordy. the Frozen Robins. Beyond, much beyond. And, and <laughs> believe me, the Frozen <laughs> Robins just sucks up my time like nobody's business. Um, yeah, so last Sunday night which seems like forever ago by now, but it was only a week ago, was the um, Chicago Community Climate Forum at the Field Museum. Yeah. Climate Action Forum. And there was about 1,500 people there mm-hmm. on Sunday night, Field, Stanley Field Hall, um, speakers. There was uh, uh, poetry and dancers and just... Call to action and uh, and and then a, a little smorgasbord of uh, goodies afterward. Mm-hmm. Uh from from their information, a call to action to address immediate challenges and opportunities facing our region. And it was put together by about 50 different environmental groups, um, many of whom were there. And just calling people in to, you know, it's time to take action. We cannot wait any longer. It's a grassroots thing. Let's get going, folks. And there's... Um, and, you know, and what it addresses is the fact that... Uh uh, the administration in Washington is so dangerous. It's just so, so unbelievably dangerous when in, in many ways, of course, and I'm not going to go into the other kinds of politics, uh, but just in terms of the envir- environment alone, or as Bill Curtis would say, environment. environment. Uh, and uh, it's just this from 
from reducing the size of Bears Ears National Monument so they can mine for uranium and oil and gas. And coal. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, and and we got lots of likes on that one. <laughs> to uh, to pulling out of the Paris Agreement, to the dismantling of the EPA. I mean, when Rick DeMaio gets here, you know, he's mm-hmm. usually the guy that comes in and says, oh, here's the latest outrage. Here's the outrage of the week. I'll talk about it on your show. Uh, but just that alone, if you if you ignore everything else stupid that this administration does, the environmental damage it's doing is going to take possibly decades to undo uh, if it if it can ever be undone. Yeah. And that's why people gathered at the Field Museum on Sunday. And then for two days, they gathered at the Sheraton. And these were mayors from all over the planet. And we went to that. And I, <laughs> Peggy was there for more of it than I was. I show, I loved it. I, an I go, impeccable timing. My, my impeccable timing. I show up on Tuesday and like five minutes after I get there, uh, Barack Obama walks on stage. Oh, thank you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mike's here, Barack. Mike's you here. Can come Barack, out now. Come on out, Barack. <laughs> Mike's ready for your talk. <laughs> Uh, and that was amazing too. And, and the point being that we're not getting leadership there. Leadership does not exist in Washington, mm-hmm. DC. It does not exist, uh, in the administration. It does not exist in the Congress. So the cities have to do it themselves. Individuals have to do it themselves. Uh, non-governmental organizations have to do it themselves if we're going to save the planet. And I have, uh, grave doubts as to whether we can, I think, you know, and, and people, have, I've said this before, I'm not new to, the, uh, this is nothing new that I'm saying here, but I, you know, basically I think we're screwed. But um, let's try anyway. That's why, well, I wouldn't do this radio show if I didn't think we we, we had a chance. Um, so, um, and I'm, I'm looking for a couple of the quotes, but uh, yeah, there was 45 different Chicago mayors, anything from the mayor. Not, not Chicago mayor. I, I'm sorry, uh Forty-five different United States mayors, plus mayors from Canada, from Mexico, from Tanzania, from Australia. Uh, the key, and, and, the and, keynote was the mayor of Paris. Right, and and we got to keep in mind these were two different uh, co- uh, 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 congresses. I guess that's one way of putting it, but uh, conferences. Uh, and the first one, the one on Sunday, was local groups putting this together, uh, trying to create action, and the other one was. Uh, the the mayors uh, getting together mm-hmm. and saying we need to do something. So we had national and international and local uh, for three days in a row in Chicago saying it's time for action. Uh, and uh, now we'll see what what comes out of it. There you know there was good stuff that 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 came out of both. I mm-hmm. Personally, I'm going to make my little comment about Sunday in the in, in the groups that were there locally. I wish there had been a single call to action on a specific, a specific project, a specific issue. Um, more of it was more, and I and I talked to other people about that, and I and their response was, well, it was a chance to break bread and get us all together in the same room. But my feeling is, we already know this. These groups know this. We know how much danger we're in. We can't afford even three hours sitting in the same room just to say, hey, look, all these people agree. We know that already. So what What was the issue? What are we going to, you know, and my issue would have been, 
take these 30 groups, these 50 groups in the room, because we had the uh, sustainability director for the city of Chicago in the room who got up and made a speech. Chris Wheat. About how we need to do stuff. Right. Chris Wheat. And I would have, like, tied him to the chair and said, how are you guys going to get recycling done in Chicago? Mm-hmm. Okay? You, it's been 25 years and you can't get it done. Don't let him out of the room until he figures out how that's going to happen. Or we figure it out for you. We'll tell you how it's done. Please get out of the way so we can accomplish this. All right? Because it's obvious that you don't know how to do it. That the city of Chicago, and it doesn't matter who's mayor, whether it's Richie Daly or Rahm Emanuel, you can't figure it out. See, that's what I would have done, but that's why they didn't let me up on stage because I, I people would <laughs> people would have been rioting in the streets by nine p.m. Okay, we would have been you know grabbing dinosaurs from the museum and parading them down the streets of Chicago, saying, "This is what's going to happen to us." Oh dear. Sorry, I kind of. Lost control. There. Well, I think okay. a good thing, though, is even though we have been talking about it, everyone's talking in their silos. And this has a chance to start bringing a few silos together. Yeah. And and, 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 and that's the deal. So we are going to continue to follow up on this. We'll keep you posted. Um, we, we want, we've got our, our friend Audrey Fisher who's saying this lights in Chicago are going to be too bright, all that stuff. All right. We got more coming up. Stick around. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Captain's log, stardate 42326.1. The Enterprise is under attack by an apparently hostile life form. Mr. Wolf, status report. Inexplicable, Captain. They appear to be perambulating vegetables. We are being stalked by stalks of asparagus. That is incorrect, Mr. Wolf. Killer asparagus was the subject of a very popular 21st century tome by the brilliant author Mike Novak. Mike Novak. I'm familiar with his work, and so am I. Mike Novak was one of the smartest, funniest people in the horticultural world of the 21st century. Tell me more, Mr. Data. He has been variously compared to Mark Twain, Dave Barry, and Edgar Allan Poe. Raven Gosplach, my favorite holiday dish. Thank you, Mr. Wolf. Mr. Data, options. It seems to be available online at AroundTheBlockPress.com. AroundTheBlockPress.com. What do they have to say? Hmm. It appears that Mike Novak is a slapstick every gardener. I prefer my asparagus with a side of patak Mr. Wolf, are you joking? Actually, Captain, I believe he is choking. Welcome to the second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Call us with your questions and comments at 847-475-1590. Here they are again, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. Whenever my head starts to hurt, before it goes from bad to feeling worse, I turn off my phone, I get down low, and put my hands in the dirt. I try to stop the world from moving so back. fast. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. All right, now we're going live. Okay, now we're going live. We're going to try something here, a little experiment, because before we get to Kate, who's patiently hanging on. Oh, that's we're right. We're live? Okay, great. So all those people we blew off at the end of hour one. Were, Come you on know, back. Ron Calgill just, just says, you got you just run it for two hours. And I'm thinking, oh, if I, I know, I'd really, who's going to scroll through two hours? <laughs> It's bad enough huh? that we, we put up, and John Armstrong pops on right away. So good good for you, John. Good to see you. 
Uh, we're going to try something here with uh, Randall, a little uh, mixing on on the fly. In fact, I'm going to I'm going to it's just sort of a holiday treat for something we like to play on the show. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have you start with your end of it, uh, Randall, and then I will throw my end of it in. OK, so go. Oh, we're gonna okay. I gotta, I gotta do a little mix of that Alan. later on. Alan, that's our holiday Alan. Okay, well, we're gonna. I'm gonna put. I'm putting that together for next week. Okay, we're gonna have a version. I want that, and that's really, really good cheesy generic holiday music. I don't know where you got that. Uh, it's on YouTube. If I'm good at one thing in this world, it's cheese. Oh, you can find the cheesiest <laughs> music, huh? Oh, and we got likes on there. Okay, there so, we go. Cowgill must have liked it. I think he liked that. Cowgill and Liam. Should we try it one more time? I, I really like that. Hold on. Now, wait. Before we do And that, we need to get Wesley right at the end. Oh, yeah. We and we'll to, throw we in. Shut up, Wesley. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So stand by. You got, have you got the, uh, hold on. Oop. I got to get it here. Got your cheesy music there uh, ready, uh, Randall? I am ready when Cue you are. Cue the cheese. Let it go. <laughs> oh dear! Oh boy, where uh, did we go wrong? Um, <laughs> you have me as a producer. Yeah, that, that, that was it. Okay, uh, that was uh, uh, a Randall and Mike production uh, brought to you by WCGO Chicago. It used to be Smart Talk, and now it's something else. All right, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Molecki. Uh, on your holiday, uh, leading up to the holiday version, and and the holiday is looming like a train at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> oh, we that's two more weeks, and there's nothing you can do about it. And and, <laughs> and we will say right now, uh, on the 24th, we will be here live. We're going to do the live version of "It's a Wonderful Slice." Wow. So my 10 minute version of "It's a Wonderful Life," which I call "It's a Wonderful Slice of It's a Wonderful Life." Um, and it's been a tradition on radio now for years, and um, Peggy's going to be part of it. I have a feeling Peggy's going to be playing Mary. Mary, Mary, what's happened to us? Mary, oh, don't do this to me. Mary, please, where's our kids? Help, I need you, Mary. Um, she'll be doing that, and uh, we're going to try to get Cowgill in uh, to play Uncle Billy. And I... <laughs> And Maybe Mr. Turk will join us. I think us. Bill Turk will probably be in here. Um, I, he'd make he a could good... could be Clarence. I'm thinking he'd make a good Bert the, uh, the cop. Bert? You know? Bert? Bert, do you know me? Uh, never mind. And, Alan! Uh, and so, Alan! Alan! <laughs> um, so uh, we, will, we, will, we will do all that on the 24th. I will have a, a reading of this thing right in front of me, which is Twas the Night Before Solstice. And just to give you a preview, okay, a little preview here. It was the night before Two minutes. Uh Oh, boy. Hey, Kate, hang on. We're going to get to you. I'm sorry. We're well, goofing yeah. off here. I know. <laughs> Twas the night before solstice and all through the yard. Not a species was stirring, not hosta nor charred. The zapper was hung by the back door with wire in hopes that some bugs might fly in and expire. 
All right, that's how that whole thing goes. All right, let's but you got to tune in on the twenty fourth. Let's to hear the rest. let's get Kate in just for a second. Otherwise, we won't have any time for her at all. Um, oh wow, it looks like somebody is somebody calling. Look at that, Kate. Are you with me? I'm here. Hi. Good morning. Good morning, good morning Kate. <laughs> and uh, thank you for putting up with uh, our nonsense. Um, that's Kate Green, and you're aptly named because you work at uh, Lurvy. Um, garden center and also landscape supply and and you guys are out in displays on Dempster twenty five fifty East Dempster, um, and uh, you what what is your official position there, uh, Kate? I'm the sales manager here at Lurvies. Um, I've been here about five years, and mm-hmm. my true love, you know, is horticulture. So I'm real excited to be on your show. Well, we're glad to have you, and we want to talk when we come back. We're going to talk a little bit about some of those holiday plants you get and how you can kill them. I mean, no, how you... How <laughs> that you, would be you. That would be me, but how you can keep them alive, which would be a, a really, really good thing. So, um, All right. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about ponzettas, which is sometimes what? known, sometimes known <laughs> as poinsettias, but I've discovered that... Some people want to say poinsettia. Some people want to say poinsettia. So what I say mm-hmm. is ponzetter, and then there's never a problem <laughs> with that. Uh, all right, Kate Green is on the phone, the uh, sales manager at Lurvy Landscape and also horticulturist, talking plants in just a second. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color perms and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non-toxic Magic Sleek and Cezanne keratin smoothing products that let you shampoo the same day. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at OrganicRootsEcoSalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty, you no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. Are you ready to take your holiday giving to a new level? Get involved with the Give Healthy movement. Here's how it works. You visit the webpage of the drive you want to support. Pick out the food items you want to buy. They'll deliver them for you once the drive is over. You get a tax receipt. Folks get healthy food. Boom, done. They'll also work with your organization or food drive. Go to ampyourgood.org or givehealthy.org for details. Let's face it, sometimes we overdo physical activity. That's when to give Dr. Bonnie Flaster a call. Dr. Flaster is a chiropractor who treats back and neck pain, but addresses foot, knee, shoulder, and wrist pain too, all with gentle, non-force adjustments. And she'll talk to you about your problems and work with you to devise the best treatment strategy. Find health tips at rivernorthwellness.com. Call Dr. Bonnie Flaster at 312-642-7545 and get back to feeling good. This is your talk. And this place is really something else, huh? Only on 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. What's better to receive at Christmas? And even better to give 
Wow, a little rough. It'll buzz there. It's it's the YouTube here. Or a radio. Name it, you'll find it here. We're headquarters for appliances. We can help you bring good cheer. Okay. That's uh this uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to I might have to reboot something here because uh I was having issues with um, that's that's that computer wanting to reboot itself. Apparently, I think it might be. I'm gonna uh, shut that down and we'll go back to it. But let's get back to uh, Kate Gree. Oh, uh, we had uh, Bill Turk called uh, a second ago. Said he'll play any role we throw at him. So that's careful that's, what you ask for, Bill. I know, really. Um, and, and same uh, goes for Randall, who's sitting there chuckling right now. Yeah, we'll throw him in there <laughs> as well. Uh, but there will be a live ten minute. It's a Wonderful Life on the 24th of December right here on WCGO. So tell your friends, tell your enemies especially, uh, and have them listen. Uh, like the guy who called just now, he wanted to know where the live stream is, and you can find that at 1590wcgo.com. You, you can also go to mikenovak.net uh, and stream live. And uh, as we're doing right now, we often stream live on uh, Facebook. Uh, let's go back to Kate Green from uh, Lurvie's. In Des Plaines, um, it's that time of year, Kate, when uh, you sell a ton of poinsettias or poinsettias or ponzettas, right? Yes, we sure do. I'm sorry, what? Uh, yeah, we sure do. Um, <laughs> actually, all kinds of colors, not just red either. So, I, Okay, but something I discovered years ago in talking about this, um, and we'll get to what the, the bracts are and that sort of thing in a second, but... Red is, you know, the 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 producers of uh, poinsettias uh, come out year after year with different colors, and people they might buy one once. I think they always go back to red, don't they? Absolutely, that's the big seller. Um, we sometimes sell out of white just because we don't get as many, but um, red is the big seller. The curly leaf, the sparkly. Uh, rose ones, all of those we get just a few of, but the reds sell out. Yeah, it's it's something you know, and and I don't blame them. I like the reds the best myself. It's uh, as you said, you can get mm-hmm. white, you can get pink, you can get purple, you can get sprinkles. I saw on them. blue ones yesterday. Blue ones, yes. Wow. So how do you how do you make a blue poinsettia? Do you know, Kate? Oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's a hybridizer secret, I think. Don't they just like stick it in ink and then? Uh, it's like we, a hydrangea, maybe. I don't know. Do they suck up the uh, the juices? I have no idea. Well, okay. Let's get to the point where people need to know when they get a poinsettia. Can they keep it alive? How do they keep it alive? Can they plant it in their yard? All these questions that people ask. And what do you tell them? Well, actually, uh, you know, keeping it alive through the Christmas season is probably the easy part. And so long as you're Watering it, checking the soil daily, and making sure it's draining well. You can probably keep it alive um, as long as you're not getting it in a drafty spot next to a you know, cold window or a heater, um, but still somewhere where it's going to get plenty of light. You can keep it alive through that time and enjoy it. Um, but the trick definitely comes to keeping it alive all year so that you can actually get it um, blooming for the following year. That's where the real gardeners come mm-hmm. in. Um, and, yeah, you do end up putting it in the garden, actually, to get that to happen. But before that, you've got to do some pruning um, of old stems as the new stems grow um, so they can keep feeding the plants. Um, 
But yeah, eventually you do. You get it out there past frost, uh, past mm-hmm. the of frost. You can plant it out in the yard, in the garden. You do have to water it a little bit more than the rest of your garden, so be careful about that. And then in the fall, there's a certain time, probably September, I would say, where you have to start making sure you get it in complete darkness mm-hmm. between 5 p.m. and 8 a.m. so that you can get it to rebloom uh, for Christmas. Okay, I got to uh, stop you right there because you say you can plant it in your yard and you can probably get it to rebloom, but you've got to uh, keep. We did this back on my show years ago. Uh, I had a contest called the Great Brackdoff. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was, and I got listeners to take their poinsettias at home and try to get them to turn color. And I think we need to explain to folks that what turns color is not the flower. Mm-hmm. What is it? Right. What is it, Kate, that is actually the color on a poinsettia? Oh, well, you mentioned it. Bracts are what they are, and the true flowers are just tiny. Um, you can see them in the very center of those red bracts. Um, so it's kind of a, a more of a leaf-like structure than a petal, actually. Right. It's a, Yeah, it's a kind of leaf. and uh, But uh, the, uh, a poinsettia is not going to overwinter in your garden, even if you can get it to produce leaves during the uh, the growing season in Chicago, it's it's not going to sh- uh, survive a Chicago winter, is it? Oh, no, no. It's got to be 50 degrees or more before mm-hmm. you even think about getting it outside. Okay. So that's something to keep of, uh, uh, in mind, that even if you get it to survive <laughs> in your house, and, and you mentioned drafts, and it's really, you know, a lot of tropical plants are like that. Don't put them near a door. Don't put them near a drafty window. I mean, you can put them near a window if you've, if you've got good insulation and mm-hmm. it's and it's not leaking. Uh, but th- that's not really good for those kinds Don't of plants. Don't leave them in a dark room. Um, well, it depends if you're trying to get it to bloom again. No, if you're, if you're trying to enjoy it during the season. Yes, if you're going to. Yeah. No, right. So what is it about drafts that, that, that do in those plants, Kate? Well, there's some tropical climates. I had a friend just came back from Florida, and they're growing there outside. Um, so those cold drafts, I mean, they just can't take it, yeah. Yeah, so uh, there you go. And and you, you even have to be careful bringing it home from the garden center, mm-hmm. don't you? Oh, absolutely. We wrap the plants when it gets real cold. Sometimes we have to double bag them. Um, but, yeah, you want to make sure it's wrapped before you leave, um, no matter where you get it. So if they're not wrapping it for you, got to find a way, a good place to wrap it for you. Um, And then make sure when you get it home that you are unwrapping it um, pretty quickly because you don't want the leaves or anything getting twisted up from being in there too long. Right. And now uh, I put an article up that I saw. um, Actually, my friend Heather Fry uh, posted it on my Facebook page, and WTTW did this whole thing on poinsettias and and about watering it and they had it down to a science um but it seemed a little complicated to me it just seemed like uh, my feeling is water it some but don't overwater it it does i don't it, in my experience with poinsettias and tell me if i'm wrong kate is like you really don't have to fuss too much over them they're just sort of just make sure they don't dry out completely but don't waterlog them isn't that kind mm-hmm. of it Exactly. And I think, I mean, watering is a trick with most plants and house plants. I think if you can, um, take them to the sink, water them until the water runs all the way through so you know you're getting the whole soil um, mass wet 
um, and then make sure that they're drained in the top, you know, top inch or so maybe even is a little bit dry before you water again. Yeah. Then you're going to be mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. Yeah. If you touch the soil of the, and, and this is how to do it. Don't, as I tell folks, don't water it on your schedule. Water it on the plant's schedule. Mm-hmm. And the plant schedule is when it's, oh, you've got that article up there. Great. Okay, thank you, Peggy. Peggy, put it on the big screen in front of us. And if you go to MikeNovak.net, and, and you can click on the thing that TTW did. But they, it's like it's so complex. It says if it's a three-inch plant, it's four ounces of water a week. A six-inch plant has eight ounces. A seven, And I'm going, no, my my eyes are glazing over watching that. <laughs> Where's the – wait, wait, i got to find the measuring cup. Wait a second. You, yeah. guys, you guys, don't don't overthink it. Don't do this to people. They just – they're, they're going to freak out and, and probably overwater. They're not going to – you know, I even with poinsettias – I don't think the danger is underwatering. I really don't. Um, I mean, yeah, it can dry out on you if you don't, you know, if, mm-hmm. like Peggy said, you stuck it in a room and you forgot about it. Yeah, that happens all the time. Yeah, you look at mid-January and go, oh, where'd that come yeah. from? But if you're if it's in public yeah. and you're paying attention at all and you and you go to the plant and you touch the surface and it's a little dry, you go, okay, I'll put a little water in it. End of story. You're done. Okay? Agreed. Yep. And, and And what about light? What kind of light do you like for these guys? Um, well, they like a sunny location, and like you said, not too close to a drafty window, but um, kind of as much sun as you can get them, I would say, otherwise. Yeah. Um, and oh, I wanted to mention one good sign of, you know, if you're watering too much is if you start seeing yellow leaves. Mm-hmm. That's a good sign to watch out for, that you might be watering too much. What about dropping leaves when they just start falling off? Mm, okay, so that's a tricky one where it could be... <laughs> Either they've gone way too wet or it might be getting too dry. But sometimes just older leaves will drop as well. Okay. Now, you've got that beautiful. And, folks, uh, I, I want to tell you, go to Lurvie, 2550 Dempster Street in Des Plaines, their garden center. They've You've got that wonderful. And you say you've been there five years. So you've seen firsthand the transformation um of the uh, garden center there, um, and you've got that wonderful place, the atrium now, where people walk in, and it's so sunny and bright, and you've got all those tropicals in there. Uh, it's just a great place to to get really good plants. Uh, so, what do you find uh, in it? You know, and I'm not talking about the holiday greens that are going out because there's you sell a lot of those. But what kind of tropicals really go at this time of year besides poinsettias? Um, well, um, a big one is Christmas cactus. That's a very popular one this time of year, and it does like a little cooler temperature, actually. Um, so that's a good one to get. We do sell bulbs as well that are forced um, or that are blooming in the season or can be forced to bloom in the season. Um, but we have all kinds of uh, tropicals in our conservatory, too. Um, I mean, big things, palms, um, big uh, Chesleria. Um, so actually, you can't really find big plants like that a lot of places. So um, I would say you definitely want to come in and mm-hmm. see that conservatory. Yeah, you guys call it, do you, are you now calling it the conservatory? Yes, that's right, we are. <laughs> that's great. All right, let's get a little bit about some of, you and I talked on the phone the other day, Kate, about this, about the myths of Christmas trees and some of the stuff that people will do uh, that they think they have to do to to put in the water in their Christmas tree. And, yes, first of all, yes, you need to keep your Christmas tree hydrated. That's very important. However, 
Um, you, you don't need to put all that goofy stuff in there. Uh, do you want to talk about that a little bit, Kate? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so keeping them well hydrated is very important. Um, and just like, you know, cuff flowers things, people say you want to put something in the water. Um, with Christmas trees, you really want to stay away from putting anything like aspirin, Sprite, I don't know how your vodka, things like that in the water. <laughs> Drunken um, trees. Most, yeah. <laughs> the most important thing is to make sure it gets enough water and to check it daily because they can go to go through about a gallon of water for some of uh, the big trees and especially in a you know warm spot in your house. Um, they're going to start losing water pretty quickly through those needles, so got to check it every day for that. I I didn't realize people were putting alcohol in there. Vodka. I've heard that one. Yep. It sounds like a a, a waste of uh, good vodka, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. Okay. Yeah. No. And 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 just for just folks, water H two O is what you want in there. And but but as Kate said, you might need to check it every day because mm-hmm. they. Uh, and the oh, and the other thing that you might want to consider, okay, you buy the tree, you put it on the car, you take it home, you get it home, don't put it in the tree stand until you cut it one more time, right? That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we cut it for people before we even get it on their car. So as long as you're going home right away, um, you're pretty good, don't need to cut it again. But if you're not or you don't have a chance to put it up or in the water right away, then you may need to cut it a second time to make sure that sap hasn't sealed over the cut. Yeah, because yeah, what happens is, is yeah, the as you say, the tree heals over that cut, and then it can't absorb the water. Um, so my feeling is, I, regardless, I know you, you're saying most people don't need to do it. I always did it. If, if, uh, if yeah. I was taking a tree home, I, when I got home, I cut it one more time mm-hmm. just before I put it in the water. It's like it's like when you get a cut flower and you bam you got to put it right in the water and and sometimes you mm-hmm. you should cut the flower in the water so that it's never oh, yep. never exposed to the air. Um so uh well uh, before we let you go I want to let folks know that uh you still got stuff going on. You've got uh you're uh, you're doing something called Embrace the Season. Uh it's a campaign that includes uh well next Saturday at uh You've got uh, from 11 to 1, you're going to have a campfire, cookies and carolers. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't invite my carolers, the frozen yeah, robins. I, noticed that. I, I noticed that, yeah. But uh, <laughs> Next year. It's not too late. Please come. <laughs> uh, actually, I'll be, I'll be caroling elsewhere that day, uh, <laughs> unfortunately. Put them on the list for next year. Yeah. Uh, all right, all right. But uh, I noticed you also have that 10 a.m. holiday centerpiece workshop um, that day, too. So you guys are, it's like if you come into Lurvy right now, uh, and you're you're panicking because you haven't gotten your decorations done. This is a great place to show up, isn't it? Yep, absolutely. It's not too late to sign up for that and even check us out this winter. You know, January and February we're open, and we'll mm-hmm. be having a tropical fest this February. So oh, really? summer inside when it's winter out. Yeah. Cool. Oh, it's so, – go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I was just going to give the address. It's um, Lurvy Garden uh, – Lurvy Landscape. Uh, supply and Garden Center is at 2550 East Dempster in Des Plaines. That's just east of the tollway. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and it's so, you guys are so easy to find, easy on to a 294 and uh, off and boom, done, you're there. So uh, thank you so much, Kate. It's great talking to you. I want people to stop by Lurvy and uh, I hope they uh, pick up some Ponzettas, uh when they <laughs> when they stop by. And I hope I see you over there at some point soon. 
All right, that'd be great, Mike. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. All right, take care. Have a great Sunday. I know, yeah, and the other thing I didn't mention is that Kate's at work. You're calling from Lurvy right now, aren't you? That's right. You can come see me right now. And people are standing in line. The line is for mm-hmm. me because they're saying, why is this woman on the phone? What's she doing over here? <laughs> Uh, yeah, punch that is flying out the door. I gotta go get them. <laughs> okay. Kate, I'll talk to you later. Take care. Take care. Bye. All right. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Oh, look who just wandered into the building with his. Yeah, that's He's you. He's hiding. It's uh, Rick De... Oh, there he is. Right. On camera, Rick DeMaio. Yeah, and he's checking his, his various apparati. He will be here. The Rick DeMaio, we got an extra weather segment today. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Stick around. Did you know it can take up to three liters of water to produce just one liter of bottled water? In a Green Diva Minute, you'll learn more and be on your way to living a deeper shade of green. Over 22 billion water bottles end up in landfills each year, and far too many end up in our oceans and waterways. According to the Environmental Working Group, about 40% of bottled water is actually regular tap water that may or may not have gotten any additional treatment. They also confirmed there was at least 38 different low-level contaminants in bottled water and an average of eight chemicals. So, ditch the plastic water bottles, folks. Choose to filter water and use reusable bottles for your own health and to reduce plastic waste in landfills. I'm Green Diva Meg. Please visit thegreendivas.com to find useful Green Diva podcasts, videos, and, of course, lots of low-stress ways to live a deeper shade of green. You can now enjoy local food all season long at Winter Farmers Markets, hosted by many different Chicagoland houses of worship on select Saturdays and Sundays from now through April. Your purchase of local, sustainably produced food helps support regional farmers. The markets are organized by Faith in Place, a nonprofit which inspires people of diverse faiths to care for the earth through education, connection, and advocacy. For a market schedule and to learn more, go to faithinplace.org. I'm spending Hanukkah in Santa Monica, wearing sandals, lighting candles by the sea. Who's that? I spent Shavuos in East St. Louis. <laughs> a charming spot, but clearly not the spot for me. Everybody, sing along. Those eastern winters, I can't endure them. So every year I pack my gear and come out here till Purim, Rosh Hashanah. I spend in Arizona. <laughs> And Yom Kippur way down in Mississippi. But in December, there's just one place for me. Amid the California flora, I'll be lighting my menorah like a baby in his cradle. I'll be playing with my dreidel, spending Hanukkah in Santa Monica by the sea. Okay, I had to play that because Hanukkah starts... On the 12th, so that's uh, Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And hopefully the people in Santa Monica are doing better. <laughs> yeah, see, you don't want to go to Santa Monica right now for Hanukkah, do you? Uh, no, it's actually the fires have gotten um, a little bit more contained. The wind started to blow out of the south, so it took wherever the fires were, be- were starting and pushed them a little bit further north. And what's interesting, uh, Mike and Peg, about this particular fire is that it it didn't really affect a lot of people's homes mm-hmm. where there were pockets of residential communities. Like the last one. Like Santa yeah. Rosa, where you literally yeah. had house next to house next mm-hmm. to house. I mean, you had, what, 4,500 structures, homes, yeah. that were destroyed in, in Santa Rosa. I think they said Rosa. 5% of, of Santa Rosa. 
Um, yeah, and even even that's probably uh, low compared to you know just the houses that were just destroyed, the houses that were impacted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but forty people died in that fire. Wow. That's that's not something that that happens. And in this fire, you had only one person die, mm-hmm. but the number of homes, from what I had last heard, was like four fifty. But yet, the size of the fire was almost three times as much. So it just goes wow. to show you. Yeah. Where these homes were, they're basically kind of on the sides of canyons and hills, Mm -hmm. so they're far apart. But what still needs to be talked about is that the entire southern half of California has had less than three quarters of an inch of rain in the last six months. Yeah, I saw I saw the map you sent us, and I posted it actually uh, on the uh, the Facebook. Or I'm sorry, the website. Yeah, there 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 five percent five percent rainfall in six months. That's that's right. unbelievable. It's just scary. And, and all of this is is after the fact that they had this incredibly wet winter, which produced so much more vegetation, and then they got hot, and then they got dry. Um, if people remember when the Cubs were playing the Dodgers in the championship series. There were a couple of games that were starting in triple digit heat. Right. Yes. And and all, all everybody kept worrying about was, oh my God, if if the if the championship series and the World Series is out there when there's a wildfire, how are people gonna get to the ballpark? How are people gonna react to it? That was the number one, you know, thing in the back of people's minds was this is fire season. Well, that could happen, and it might happen in the future. We just don't know. I mean, you know. Right, but but this was the first time the Dodgers were in a World Series in right. 29 mm-hmm. years, and you had one of the hottest dry- – I mean, you literally had everything going to produce a major wildfire, and it didn't happen mm-hmm. then, but we knew it was eventually going to happen, and it happened, but in December? That's not supposed to happen in December. Wow. It's supposed to be done in, what, October? Um, Yeah, by the end of October, Peg, is usually when the fire season ends, but we keep seeing these seasons mm-hmm. – as we've said so no many kidding. times before, stretch themselves out. Well, we're getting to the point where fire season is is twenty four seven of twelve months a year. It's, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's just crazy. Almost, almost thirteen months a year. You can say that. Yeah. I mean, look yeah. look at Corpus Christi, Texas. Um, last Tuesday, they were eighty four degrees. They had snow on Thursday. Wow. Oh. First off, first off, you don't get snow in Corpus Christi. <laughs> And you don't have go from eighty four degrees of snow two days later in Corpus Christi. Yeah, there were there were parts of the Corpus Christi Houston area that had measurable snow before New York City. That that, that, wow. doesn't, that doesn't happen. No, that doesn't. Yeah, well, happen. last Sunday we had Chris Van Cleve on the show, uh, the redneck Rosarian, and he's just south of Birmingham. He posted photos four inches of snow yeah. in his garden this week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it's it's these these highly unusual, highly variable weather situations. Continue to happen. All right. I want to talk about that uh, right now. When we, I have to do something first here, but that's that's where we start. That's meteorologist Rick DeMaio, who's in the studio today. We got an extra segment with him. Very happy to have him Yay. here. Uh, we still want to give away some stuff. So here's we're, we're going to put you to work, Randall. Okay. Uh, we're going to take the fifth caller at 847-475-1590. You cannot have won a gift. Uh, something on this uh, program in the last year. So uh, if you have, you're disqualified. So Fifth Caller will get a $40 gift certificate to Natural Communities Native Plants. And I was almost thinking that maybe then we just continue and then the Seventh Caller gets something else. What do you think, Peggy? Uh, Maybe the Seventh Caller gets a Haven Brand Select Soil Conditioner. Let's do that. All right. So the Fifth Caller will get the Native Plants from natural communities. Excuse me. <clears throat> Where's that cough button? 
Yeah, really. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you got you to know when exactly to press it. Exactly. Right? Like, Here, watch. Right, ready? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thanks, Rick. It's an old radio joke, right? I, I, but, you press the button, then you yeah, cough. Except Harry Carey used to do it. He didn't know it was a joke. So, <laughs> hey! And that was material with his cough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, whoa. Okay. <laughs> and you. Uh, and uh, so the fifth caller will get a $40 gift certificate to uh, Natural Communities, and the seventh mm. caller gets the Haven uh, brand, uh, uh, the select soil conditioner, select soil conditioner for which, the redneck rosaria with the, you know, she's working with, uh, with Chris Van Cleve. So that's cool. And I hope Annie's listening because she's in Southern California. I don't know if she's, I haven't seen her, uh, online today, but, uh, she listens to the show a lot and, uh, I'm bet she's, uh, worried about this as well there. So, uh, let's do that. 847-475-1590. 847-475-1590. And uh, get yourself a holiday gift. All right. Back to Mr. DeMaio, Rick mm-hmm. DeMaio. Uh, the question everybody asks, okay, so if it snows in Corpus huh. Christi before it does in New York City, if it goes from 84 degrees to snow in a few days, uh-huh. uh, if you've got uh, 5% of, of, of rainfall in California, um, if you've got these massive fronts and these huge, they seem like... Just everything's stronger, bigger, bigger, more powerful, stronger. Right. Are we talking and out of season? Are we talking weather variability? Are we talking climate change or both? What's going on? Well, I think here you're having climate variability induce climate change. Okay. All right. So, so climate change, as I've mentioned to people before, um, is a change in statistics of something that has happened. So the market goes up, it changes. Okay. It changes, you know, 0.25%. But Every trader will tell you they'll love a market that just starts out low and goes up high with no variability mm-hmm. because the variability is really difficult to predict. The variability is different, difficult to react to. Yeah. Okay, So for people who are involved in agriculture, for people who are involved in infrastructure planning, for people who are involved in sustainability, trying to predict what's going to happen just based off or for mm-hmm. um, statistics, which is climate change, doesn't work anymore. What you have to begin to do is you have to figure out what the variability is. How is that change going to occur? At what point is, is your extreme? In other words, you can say that you've had you know 20 inches of rain this year. In six months, that may sound normal. Mm-hmm. But if you got it in a week, that's abnormal, and that's highly variable. You can't plan for 20 inches of rain. No. So how do you or plan? 50. Like or 50. Or 50. Yeah. So, so future horse farmers of California, you saw those absolutely god-awful gut-wrenching photographs yeah of people having to let out wild horses in their ranch in California. 25 of them died because they were literally running away from their pasture land. These are, these are very expensive animals, but you yeah. have a lot of, you know, um, you know more, almost more so than a dog or a cat. You know, a horse will live for 25 to 30 mm-hmm. years. And these animals can also bear offspring, okay? To other, other horses, obviously, are going to make people money. I'm not just talking about people who make money, but then where does the next horse farm go? Okay, mm-hmm. how do you begin to plan out homes in areas in California that are up against? I guarantee you, they're going to look at the Santa Rosa fire and say, "We can't build houses anymore, housing complexes. Municipalities can't uh, right up against a canyon where you know you're going to get these strong winds." Mm-hmm. Okay, how does the agriculture of Southern Texas mm-hmm. handle something like this? You know, we haven't talked yet about the citrus crop because I don't think there is one right now in Texas. I think it's too late in the year. But then how do you plan for that? So this is all about trying to figure out what the extremes are going to be, 
what's the extent of the extremes, what is their limit of the extremes, and how do you plan for that? And and the only way to do that is to have thoughtful, um, objective analysis of events without the condition of, well, it happened once, we can handle it because we're humans. We can we can build we'll and muscle we can, through we it. We can muscle through it and we can write us write a bill that's gonna provide billions of dollars to help support these people. That that ain't gonna happen anymore. And it certainly is no. not gonna happen no. in the next fifty to sixty years when you have a tax bill being shoved down our throats that's gonna take a trillion and a half dollars yeah. and put it on top of the debt because we need to make more of that money now. Yeah. It's just not good politics. It's not. Not at all. No, it's not. It's, it's horrible policy, as, as we know. Not good politics, not good policy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You've, so, you've so got fire, fire districts that, you know? that aren't big enough to handle it. Exhausted people coming in trying to put out the fires. Yeah. And, 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 and it's all based on, well, if we put the money back in there now, it'll, it'll help for the short term. Define short term. Yeah. Short term is the next two years, the next three years. You have to think long term here. Yeah. So the bottom line is... Um, uh, get, get, get Scott Pruitt out <laughs> is number one. No, Put someone in there. No, you, who, gotta, you gotta go higher up and get that person out of there first, you know, you know? obviously, but, but, um, but, but getting people to become more aware of these, of these environmental issues that continue to become, uh, that, that'll be, that'll, that'll become more and more policy issues. What I don't get. And, that, and, and that's where and it's not there yet. The right. environmental issue is not a policy. But, but our planet is literally on fire, literally on fire, and we're not addressing the issue. I mean, I'm looking at the folks who came to Chicago. You know about Oh, the, yeah. The, the mayor's mm-hmm. event was fantastic. And, and then the past the thing on Sunday that Peggy and I went to as well. At the Field Museum. <clears throat> yeah. At the Field Museum. I yeah. was not there because I was sick. Oh, uh, okay. We yeah. went there. How was it? Good? It was great. Yeah. It was I'm really, really good. And, uh, and so they're all working towards this. But the people who actually control the strings of government are, are indifferent well, to this. The people who control the strings of government are there because people vote them in or out of office. So if there's enough— Or they just don't vote. Or they just don't vote. Yeah, you're right, Peg. And, and that's, that's the way it's really got to be groundswell support. And I, and, I, and I applaud Mayor Emanuel, and I talked about this with all my classes this past week. Um, and as a student this time of the year— your brain is like a McDonald's French fry that you found in the back of your car six months ago. Ew. Okay, it just doesn't it doesn't doesn't work anymore. So me trying to tell them that that this is the new norm and this is what you guys got to do and this is what you got to do when you got a class are like this. Okay, when's the final? You know, just, yeah. I just yeah, gotta get and, and people are terrible at being able in general to get their brains around long term. Right. Right. Our brains don't work that way. Right. It, it, it's tough to say. But just we are it. the we're the only species that can think into the future. You know, we really true. That, true. That can plan for this. And we don't. And that's what drives me crazy. You know, if I'm running for Senate in Alabama, I would be asking people today, why are there four inches of snow on the ground in <laughs> Alabama right here right now? And, well, and, you know, we need to address it. All right. It's the Mike Novak show with Peggy Malecki. Rick DeMaio is in the house. We'll continue the conversation after this. Here's the bad news. One out of every six Americans doesn't know where their next meal will come from. So what's the good news? You can help. This year, instead of decorating your holiday table with flowers, use an arrangement of fresh, uncut fruits and veggies, which can be then donated to a local food pantry. Share a photo of your centerpiece with the hashtag AmpleCenterpiece, and you could win a $50 gift certificate to Gardner's Supply Company. Go to ampleharvest.org holiday to learn more. 
Yeah, how's the demo going, Jim? It's going good, boss. You know, there's a lot of great material here. Where are we going to bring it? The landfill. Where else? Seems like a bit of a waste. Maybe we should call up the Evanston Rebuilding Warehouse. The what? The Evanston Rebuilding Warehouse. You know, the place where you can donate reclaimed and reusable items for a tax deduction. Oh. And then people can buy those materials for their renovation or creative reuse projects. Well, what are we waiting for? Call them up. Sure, you can get all the info at Evanston. Whoa, Re- whoa, whoa. You do it. I'm the boss. The Evanston Rebuilding Warehouse. Online at EvanstonRebuildingWarehouse.org. If you garden in or around Chicago and you don't have a subscription to Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, I'm a little worried about you. That's because you're missing out on not only the garden magazine for our region, but one of the best gardening magazines in the country. Every issue features spectacular photos, as well as articles by noted horticultural authorities, nursery owners, state extension agents, master gardeners, and more. There are columns like Ask the Garden Pros, Regional Reports, and What to Do in the Garden. Of course, there's my column on the inside back page of every issue, but into each life a little rain must fall. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines. On newsstands everywhere, but go to chicagolandgardening.com and get a subscription. If you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to statebystategardening.com or call 888-265-3600. 888-265-3600. This is your talk. We're going to be here for a long time. Only on 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Hey, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Uh, Rick DeMaio is in the studio. Uh, he got off his deathbed uh, to come in here. You got huh. really sick last week, huh? Yeah, um, had the flu. Uh, fortunately, I had a flu shot, so it kind of went through me in about two days. <laughs> and that's literally speaking went through him. But, yeah, uh, yeah. I, but I, I, I powered through and I was actually... On my feet teaching again on on Tuesday. Oh, I can't believe that. Yeah. It's just crazy. I know. I, I'm 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 pretty good at knowing my limit. I was kind of you know, um, kind of running in in third gear, and I would pull it back to second mm-hmm. every once in a while. But you know, the problem is being a teacher. You work in a petri dish. And oh my I, god! Uh, I, the kids come in and like. <laughs> there's like there's like a symphony of coughing going on, oh, and then I'm like, "Why are you here? I have to I have to do a presentation." And it's just yeah, it's, it's and bad. it's true. I get it, you know. And 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 the workplace is like that now. Mm-hmm. People are terrified they're going to lose their jobs, so they come in sick and they infect everybody. And it's yeah. it's uh, and everybody's on keyboards. Good. These public keyboards, right. yeah, are the like worst like this one. To be. <laughs> Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah, that one and this one here, yeah. And these microphones. And, and, and the yeah. doors, you know, yeah. it's, and the doorknobs, you know, it's, it's terrible. But, what could um, possibly go Just wrong? for you, I lice all them earlier. Oh, thank uh, you. Then why are there fingerprints all over? <laughs> Mine? Yours. Yeah. So, but, so, so how are we doing on getting a winner? We are two. We have two people left. I need two callers. Two callers, 847-475-1590. 847- uh, I'll call. I'll call. No. <laughs> Rebecca, give, give us Rebecca a call. Give Rebecca a call. Why not? That's she doesn't want anything. Um, okay. Yeah, and she was she was sick uh, probably for four days as well as her kids. So it was uh, they had a little bit worse than I did probably because yeah, I, I saw had her Facebook shot. post. That yeah, was yeah. But nasty. I had pneumonia eight years ago, and I'll never I'll never want to go through that again. Wow. So ever since then, I, I've gotten flu shots, and I know some people swear by them, some people don't. But I do because it it limits whatever whatever you get it it makes it yeah, actually it worse. does it does take yeah. a little edge off it takes of a it. lot of edge yeah for me it does for me it does so good uh, but real quickly um, you know I I do radio down in Joliet for Lewis University yeah uh, WJOL so the Alpha Media Group we we did the uh, It's a Wonderful Life last night did you really yeah at the Rialto Square Theater huh. and remember last year the Rialto was this close to closing. 
Um, and there was this huge public support to get it to reopen, yeah. which it did. And I think last year we had about 650 people. Last night we had 950 people. Wow. Uh, place Excellent. was packed. Great. Yeah. So what role did you play? Oh, my God. I had four roles. I was. I'm <laughs> okay, not kidding Okay. So you. on the 24th, you're going to be back here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> I, was uh, I was Dr. Campbell. Um, who runs the board meeting that says, okay. George, you're okay, because yeah. we voted down Potter, but you have to stay. Yes. I remember my lines. They uh, voted Potter down. They yeah. appointed George as executive <laughs> yeah. secretary that, to take his father's place. Right. That means you have to stay, George. Yes. Um, <laughs> I was also Schultz. I was Martini, and I was Old Man Collins. I was four people. Martini! <laughs> yeah. Me, Giuseppe Martini. I right, own right. my own house. Right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So it was, uh, it was great. <laughs> it was really good. And, um, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, I, I love it. And you know, that... That movie, if you go really, if you go back and look what Frank Capra wrote, that seminal line, which is George, you don't realize what the world is like because you weren't born. So I always, I always try to tell people, think of, think of what the world would be like if you weren't here, and then it kind of makes you think of not only the importance that you had up until that point, but the importance that you have as a person. So you go back, and I think that, that best line in that movie is when he sees the, the tombstone of his brother. Mm-hmm. And, and he says, why is that? Well, you weren't alive right. to help him. And then there's that line where, they, where Clarence tells him, and because he wasn't alive, those two passenger ships, so those two transport boats, right. were sunk because you're – and you realize, you go, holy smoke, I did have a, a role to play in this world. And it's almost like thinking about, Peg, about Trump. Mm-hmm. If you would have voted – we wouldn't have to be dealing with this right now. <laughs> Wait a minute. Don't blame me. And we me. would have a much more wonderful life. So Stop, stop I, looking at Peggy. I, I, I wish. No, but, but Peggy was talking about yeah. if people you would have voted. Right. Yeah. Right. So when I hear people say, oh, but my vote wouldn't have mattered. Your vote would have mattered. And even with this Roy Moore guy, ABC, NBC, they keep showing pictures of him. Stop showing pictures of him. Show pictures of Doug Jones. Show pictures of people knocking on mm-hmm. other people's doors yeah. going, we have a new Alabama in town. And it ain't Roy Moore. And then you'll get this groundswell. I mean, how much of the media covered Donald Trump? Yeah. And then yeah. people oh, just, yeah. people just, oh, wow, I guess he's going to be president, right? Yeah. <sighs> well, it's the same thing with distractions or anything else. Right. Realizing I can do something. I right. don't need to be wasting my time on watching Kim Kardashian. But getting or back to weather. Yeah, uh, what's happening this, is this about winter? Policy and politics. No, no, as well. it is yeah. policy and it affects, uh, you know, how we deal with climate change. But uh, I want to actually do, because you sent us a thing looking out for uh, Chicago in this area. Uh, for the next couple of weeks, uh, not much changing in the next week or so, right? No, no, no. The, the pattern actually so far uh, from the winter outlook that I did for Peg almost two months ago is actually working out pretty much as I thought. Yeah. Um, highly variable with, with a cold snap at the end of November into early December, which we got about two weeks later, but we got. Um, and uh, when, when we get lake effect snow, we'll get a lot of it, which we just did, 9 to 10 inches you know, about an hour's drive from here in Chesterton, Porter County. Wow. They got 10 inches of snow, mainly due to the fact that the lakes are really, really warm. But at the same time, the pattern is such where you had this huge ridge out west, this big trough out east. So we keep getting these little minor clipper systems coming through. Yeah. So it's really hard to get a big storm develop over Chicago with that kind of pattern. Mm-hmm. So this is a quiet pattern for the next 7 to 10 days, kind of dry, um, kind of cold, below normal temperatures for sure, but the possibility of any significant amount of precipitation uh, just ain't going to happen for a while. Mm. And because 
Because it's got to be, it's got to be, you know, White Christmas. Is that what we're talking yeah, about? I mean, last year was so just dis- the whole winter was so disappointing. Was, last oh, year. It was, well, it was weird because we had we had like the earliest, heaviest snowfall ever yeah. in December, and then but, that was it, and 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 that was it until March when we had the lake effect snow. Yeah, but and, even that wasn't very much. I mean, there was just nothing in between. It was just right. Weird. Yeah, January and February had no snow. Yeah, yeah. But this winter looks different already. Interestingly enough, though, it's not your normal La Nina, and this is where I hmm. think. We got to be really careful about going. The La Nina temperatures that we look in in the in the um, in the, that part of the tropics, it's not working this year because the area of warmth off the coast of California is phenomenal. It's one of the reasons why you've had such warm, dry weather there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you got to be able to look at these different pockets of warming in the oceans that we've never seen before. And part of the reason why we got so warm is we had just massive amounts of moisture coming in, literally from Hawaii right into the middle of the United States. So. We got our snow. We got our, what, I think 1.5 inches of snow that we got Friday night into Saturday morning. That's our first official snow of the year. We got a lake effect. We'll remain dry, but we'll get much cooler on Tuesday. And then I guarantee you by next week, we begin to see the floodgates open where the ridge out west breaks down. And that's when you begin to bring in a lot of this moisture, not from the southwest, but from the west which means you'll have much more of these three- to five-inch snowfalls. Ah, okay. So the, still, I'm looking for the end of December. That last week to the first week of January is a very, very active pattern round. All right. Well, thanks for coming into the studio. We appreciate it. Meteorologist Rick DeMille. We also want to thank Doris Taylor from the Morton Arboretum, Kate Green from Lurvy Landscape Supply and Garden Center. Until next Sunday, go green or... Go home. Uh, Stadler? Yeah, uh, what? Is that it? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much.